0: Welcome to just another podcast. I'm your host, Justin Soderberg. Uh, this week we talked to phonics, um, of don't sleep records, uh, co-founder and co-owner of don't sleep records. Here's a album down to earth. It's my favorite album by phonics. Phonics is a hip hop producer at of, of Portland, Maine. Also, uh, one of the people on underdogs, a documentary on Netflix, watch it. Now most of you have Netflix on your uh, TV or computer. Uh, watch Underdogs featuring Phonics, uh, A1, and some other artists from Don't Sleep Records. Uh, great documentary. It's only an hour long. Easy watch. Uh, watch it today. We talked hip-hop producing, being from Maine, COVID, all that stuff. Uh, we did a collaboration at Orna Brewing Company with Phonics. Um, and so we talked a bunch of that stuff on the podcast today. So really enjoy, sit back, enjoy Uh, listening to phonics uh, and myself on this podcast. And thanks very much. You can listen to us on Spotify, uh, uh, Apple podcasts and watch on our website or on YouTube. Just as a reminder, enjoy the podcast. How's it going, man? Good, how you doing, bro? I'm doing great. Yeah. I mean, I just uh, finished watching Underdogs again. Oh, nice. What's up? It Thank was you. pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, it was uh it's interesting to see cuz, you know, there's people out there who work their entire lives in the hip-hop industry or actors actresses and all that stuff it will never end up on Netflix but then you get someone from like from the you know small yeah. state of Maine up there on Netflix it's pretty sweet
1: <laughs> yeah definitely was uh wasn't something we expected it feels like uh, almost like a miracle still that it, that it actually did make it on there I can still remember when Teo called me and told me it was on we were dancing around the house and freaking out but yeah you're right I mean there's so many people who are more deserving I think of a Netflix <laughs> documentary
0: but It it was a cool story and he did a great job putting it all together. And how old was he? Was he 18 years old, 19 years old when he did that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was young. I think, I mean, we did it over the course of a couple of years, so he might've been like 21, 22 by the time he finished everything. But yeah, I mean just his like work ethic and like vision and all that for an 18, 19 year old, he's just such a prodigy with that stuff. I can't wait to see the type of shit he's doing when he's like 30, 40, like he's going to be doing some incredible stuff. I'm sure.
0: It was awesome. I'm watching like the way that he made it and the different shots that he got and stuff like that. It just was very, yeah. very impressive. Not only the music was impressive in it, but the, the actual. Yeah. Uh, videography cinematography.
1: Yeah. The cinematography
0: was awesome. Um, but just so you know, I mean, we, um, I do a various number of people on the podcast from comic book people to uh, I've got some politicians on here before. Can you tell me a little bit about telling my listeners a little bit about who phonics is as a person or what you do and how you became where you are now and stuff?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm a uh, 30-year-old uh, hip-hop producer and DJ from Portland, Maine, uh, and i run a, a record label called Don't Sleep Records.
0: Awesome. So, are you born in Maine or?
1: Yeah, yeah. I went to uh, Falmouth, and then I went to uh, UMaine.
0: That's awesome. So that's just a cool thing. I was like thinking about before I got on the recording was that uh, you know there's not many hip-hop producers or people who want to be into hip-hop in new england let alone maine as a small state of maine yeah trying to make your like place to, like in the in the industry is not easy to you know grow a fan base when you know bangor's waterfront concerts and westbrook has like a bunch of country artists on it's not like the big thing to do in maine is be a hip-hop producer
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean definitely like uh it, it, like the time when i started to come up it was like the internet had just made the uh, like you could become you could become big if you were in some little village in norway like just because if as long as you build up a following on soundcloud or whatever but yeah even 15 20 years ago that wasn't the case it was virtually impossible to do anything from a place like maine so
0: and that's was, how you got connected with the people from when you started don't sleep records and stuff like that like you're was it the manager that's from alaska yeah, or,
1: yeah, and he was just like he emailed us, and he would help us with stuff over email. But it was all kind of a virtual connection, and then uh, and then we all met up there, uh, and when we filmed like the movie and for a couple recording sessions and stuff. But generally, it was all just over the internet,
0: which is possible. And that's the weird thing about you know, I mean, we're doing this via the internet right now. And it's like yeah. I don't think I would have been able to have like to try to schedule time with you it's going time with me and try to figure out where we're gonna do it and do a recording it's not that easy so the internet doesn't make it I mean there's things that are bad about the internet about like not being able to be physically with someone and talk to someone in person but this makes it easier just because like you know you got some notoriety and stuff of that via the internet and I mean right now in this COVID crazy times like without the internet what would you be doing right now you wouldn't be trying to like make new beats and things like that. You'd be like, okay, right. now what?
1: <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. For, no, for sure.
0: Yeah. Zoom has definitely
1: revolutionized podcasting for sure. I think, uh, I, I wonder how many of like the big podcasts are going to e- just stay with this format forever. Even once social distancing is over with, just because like you said, it's so much easier to get people's schedules to match up when they don't have to be in the same place at the same time.
0: And like technically, I mean, I work for Ornard Brewing Company and you know that. So yeah, we, I work from, so every other week I work from home on Mondays. Uh, so I have a little home office here and I just work from home doing some design work and some like payroll and stuff like that. And so yeah. it's funny today is that day, but because of zoom again, I could take an hour lunch break and be like, okay, I'll record a podcast and then go back yeah. to work. And it's not me traveling to a studio or anything like that. And with the way to get equipment nowadays and stuff, I mean, you do all your stuff at your house, right? I'm guessing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This is like my home studio yeah. and I
1: just, yeah, I work out of here. Yeah.
0: And it's like, it makes it so much easier. My dad used to play drums in a band back when I was a, wee, you know, wee, wee, wee person. And, uh, he was just laughing when we became older. I mean, I'm 34. So when we got older and we started playing music as my brothers, we were able to record a CD or, or, or MP3. Oh, I know. And my dad had to book a week's worth of studio uh, time and it's yeah, crazy.
1: Spend thousands of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, the, uh, the ease of electronics like it's definitely made it better like just the fact that you guys could record a cd or whatever but it's also i think it's obviously it waters it down too because when everyone has the same capabilities as everyone else and the worst artists in the world can release something the same way as the best then it waters down the pool but i mean you can still find there's still good stuff to be found you just maybe have to search through more
0: not yeah it's stuff. more yeah more kind of to- trying to find a way on the internet to find what you want to watch or listen to or, 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 um, you know, whatever. And so, well, one of the things they say on underdogs, and I watched that again this morning, was that the, uh, like you just have to be unique. You have to be something yourself. So you stand out from a crowd. I mean, you don't have to, you know, I think that's something that you guys on don't sleep records have is everybody has their own unique sound. Uh, and that you can make yourself stand out a little bit by, you know, doing that or, and, or, working harder at it. Like it's not just right. as simple as putting a CD or, or MP3 on the internet and saying, Okay, do your own thing. It's like releasing more stuff, social yeah. media, you know, just yeah. trying to get that rebuild that fan base. Yeah. For sure. So it's it's pretty uh it's pretty like I said, it's pretty cool, but it's also um, you know, I'm in the world of podcasting now and it's the same thing with that. There's a million and a half podcasts out sure. there and trying to find your avenue to go with um is hard. It's just not as No, you know, it's, it
1: definitely is Yeah. There's definitely just an element of luck to it too. Like it'll, sometimes it'll catch and sometimes it won't or or it'll take a long time. I mean, but.
0: Uh, So how long you've been, what what would you say your career has been in hip hop producing? How long you think? Uh,
1: uh, I would say seven years at this point, like from when I was 23, I think is when I put out my first album, uh, Return to the Golden Era. With A1, who then we went on to start the record label together and all that. But yeah, so that was when I was 23, and I just turned 30. So, seven years officially, and I started making beats and all that when I was 16. So like 14 years just messing around with music, but seven years actually really taking it seriously.
0: That's awesome. Uh, do you, I know on the on the documentary, did you had performed one of your first show shows? Do you before this COVID thing were you performing a lot too, or were you just basically trying to do beats?
1: Uh, I, I mean, my main thing is beats. That's my main, uh, just like beats and releasing music digitally. That's kind of my main source of income, but we would always do one tour every year, at least one or two tours and we would go overseas and do a couple of shows. So, um, yeah, most of our stuff, most of our concerts and or most of our shows have always been overseas. So, uh, we haven't done a ton of stuff in America just cause I don't know, they're just willing to pay more money over there. And the, the fan base is great over there. So
0: is there less, less artists over there, or is it just something that they just like American they, artists for some reason? They gravitate
1: towards like that kind of like old school, like jazzy hip hop stuff that we do. That's like, I think there's more of a base for that there. But I mean, we have probably 60% of our plays come from the US, but it's just, you got to think about what a geographic area that's spread out on for for playing a show versus in Europe where they're all that 40% is all in one smaller area. So it's just easier to fill a uh, venue.
0: With your um, not playing live as much, does this COVID really take an effect? I mean, other than the fact that you, I mean, all of us, it's taking an effect on all of us, really, because we can't go do, live our normal lives. But is it seeing a boost in things online? Or have you, what's the... Yeah, effect? Oh
1: my, yeah, my, uh, I think my plays have probably gone up 20% during COVID just because there's more people sitting at home looking for stuff to stream and maybe more people have seen the documentary or whatever, so... Uh, yeah, no, it's not like, I'm not like at a loss. I would like, I miss playing shows, but it wasn't like, my thing is just like, I like to just like lock myself in a room with my headphones for 30 hours and make music. Like, I'm not like, like I still get stage fright. Like, it's not like, I, I don't live, I don't live for like playing live. Like some DJs do.
0: Yeah, it's not, I, I, it wasn't ever my big thing too. I used to play the drums and it was never my big thing of wanting to play live. It was like, I could practice all day long in a the, in the garage. Yeah, but one person watching me. I was like, ah, nope. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your mom comes in, and you know. <laughs> you're like, ah. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, before I came, moved back to Maine, I was a sports reporter, but I was sitting behind a computer writing articles, oh, and then cool. I started a live radio show that was in the foyer entrance area to the UMass Lowell River Hawks hockey team, like their entryway where people get their tickets, and we'd record live there. We do a live broadcast from there, pregame show. Um, which was not that bad because i felt like we were talking to a guest and it was just a small little thing uh and then the guy from the like media relations whatever came up and said hey do you want to like put it on speakers so people could hear it in the entryway and i'm like uh i don't think so i don't yeah, want everyone yeah, yeah. to hear if they yeah. want to stand close to me and talk and like hear us talk yeah i can't imagine my voice being portrayed yeah. like and yeah no so that was like my stage fright thing i'm like no i'm all set with that thank you yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. But it's so yeah. So online, I mean, it's to me. I mean, I, I, when I worked in the office for Warner Bros. Company, like obviously, the four years that I've been there. Um, in March we started working from home pretty much all the time, and my wife would work at home too. But she'd work on the couch, and I'd be at my desk, and I would have my headphones in. And I guarantee you, you know, at the end of the year, Spotify gives you that like breakdown of all your artists yep. and stuff like that. It is going to be drastically different this year than it was last year for me. Because I just listened to way more music this year. Because I throw right. an album in and I'd pick right. out artists that I wanted to listen to the entire album. I would try to avoid artists where I like one track or things like that. Yeah. Um, and that got me into some of the music like you, what you do and stuff like that. Because the stuff yeah. that you can put on in the background and listen. Yeah, and study, get into a groove. Study music. Yeah. And that's the same thing with this, you know, down to earth uh, record uh when you know when we were allowed to have small gatherings that record being on in the background while you're eating dinner is like perfect because it's not like yeah it's distracting but it's also like gets you in the mood and it's it's really it's great music yeah Um, yeah that was definitely one of the uh like just kind of one of my goals
1: with it was just make something that you could like yeah throw on when you're cooking or hanging out mm -hmm. or doing work or studying or whatever
0: because there's definitely music that you can listen to in the background but it's distracting and I tell you what, yeah. it, there's many of labels designed to music um, this year that I wasn't in the previous years because I wouldn't have, want to have my headphones in because I'm in the office. With a lot of people and were having conversations yeah. or talking things out. But when my wife was on the couch and I was on my desk, I was like, no, I need to have music in my ears so I'm not distracted so I can actually get work done. We wouldn't yeah. just have personal conversations or watch TV or whatever. Um, so this year Spotify, you know, recap is going to be so much different than previous years
1: yeah 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 the more data to work with
0: and then, i have a lot of trouble
1: listening to music while i'm working on something actually i can't if there's music on the background i end up kind of just like tuning into the music too much I, even with like super chill background type music i have the trouble not like i either have to focus on that or focus on what i'm doing but i don't know is that I'm because
0: talking. you're looking for sound like i mean i know what i, I you think, think it could
1: yourself. be i think that i think that could be what it is like i'm always kind of listening. Like like listening intently for a sample or something like that and so it's just hard for me to have it on in the background
0: it's funny because uh when i was in high school i went to bangor high school and, and excuse me at bangor high school we had a cl- a film class and in the film class she showed us some like errors in movies where like you know they would eat a sandwich and it'd be half a sandwich they'd go back and they'd be a full sandwich continuity, yeah
1: continuity errors yeah
0: and from that point on, I'm 34 now. I mean, this is back when I was like 16 years old. From that point on, I can't watch a movie. If there's a mistake, I have to point it out. I'm like, oh, that, <laughs> see that? They, yeah, you know, the yeah. door was closed. Now it's open. Yeah. And it's like, I can understand that. If you're looking for the potential of sampling music, it might make sense that if you're listening to something, you're like, oh, that was good.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. You get
0: distracted from what you're doing. But uh, Right. So you do you do mostly sampling from actual vinyl records that you, you know,
1: I try to, uh, I mean, I'll go, it's expensive, especially like the more popular vinyl gets, even like shit that cost a buck 10 years ago is like 10 bucks now. L- like even the random jazz records and stuff like that. So uh, for a long time, I mean, I'll sample from anything, MP3 or YouTube, if that's the only way I can find the song. But uh, lately, I've been buying a lot of vinyl and just mostly online because a lot of the record stores are closed, but. I've been, almost everything I've been doing since quarantine started has all been off vinyl. Ideally, I would like to make an album with nothing but vinyl samples and maybe some live instruments and stuff too, but you can hear a difference for sure if you sample it off YouTube or sampling it off vinyl.
0: It's definitely, and it's something I actually. It's funny, is I always equate this back ten years ago, fifteen years ago, when someone offered. You know, the iPad came out, and I was like, "What do I need an iPad for? I've got an iPhone. It's just a bigger iPad." Yeah. And now I own an iPad, and I read comic books on it, and things like that, and I draw yeah. on it and stuff.
1: Yeah, and uh, you have the Apple
0: Pen. Yes, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah it's such a
1: such a game changer.
0: <laughs> I uh, we just released a new van life can that yeah, that label was actually mostly drawn on the iPad, which yeah. is cool because in the past I would never have drawn something on paper and then tried to convert it into the computer. I was just, no, I'll just use the computer fully. And so on. Yeah. the iPad has done this. Yeah, but then I, I also used to whole, make fun of records the too.
1: Golden era. I did the whole golden air can on the iPad.
0: Yeah, right here, this is the yeah. first one, and this yeah, is the second one. yeah, and then <laughs> we, we have uh, into one right now. Oh, I have one oh. right now, yeah, it's one o'clock in the afternoon, man. I gotta nice. get in, <laughs> <I haven't laughs> but they, uh, yeah, breakfast yet. <laughs> we, uh, but the same thing came with vinyl too. I used to make fun of people for vinyl. I'm like, we have we have progressed as a kind of as a you know society to the point where we have digital music and Spotify yeah. and all these things, and I used to make fun of people. I'm like, why well, would you do that? And then I was given as a gift, like a 1970s uh, record player, had an eight track player in it and everything. It was, it was oh, this damn. vintage that's, thing. No. And so and he gave it to me and he also gave it to me with, uh, um uh, what was a Beastie Boys record? I forget what the record was. I don't remember if I have it anymore, but um, he gave it to me and I played it. I was like, wow, this is really cool. And it's like, I almost live for some of the pops that come on vinyl. Cause it almost sounds like the imperfection that's there. That's with the the medium. I love it. And so uh, the problem was that when vinyl record player started breaking down and I couldn't, I didn't want to fix it. So I ended up buying a hundred dollar simple turntable and now I love it. And now it's like, I have to, I'm a collector's mind. So I collect a lot of things, comic books, different things. Um, so I have to slow my role and you mentioning buying records. I have to slow my role and now I have a rule if I don't listen to the entire album. Like if I won't listen to the entire thing, then I won't yeah. buy it on vinyl right now. Right, That's if I just want once. Yeah, if you just want one song, then you
1: don't need to buy the whole record or whatever.
0: And so now okay. it's like okay, there's specific ones that I'm actually buying full records of, because of you know collecting it. But I have such a collector's mentality now. I'm just like, ASA our head brewer, drew yeah. me on to discogs. I didn't know about discogs. And yeah, now yeah, vinyl. yeah. <laughs> I like I think I told from you europe about. and all this and i'm like oh, no God. you have to have
1: discogs if you're into collecting records but <laughs> my thing with the uh with like digital verse vinyl is for me when you're listening when you throw a song on spotify and put it on shuffle it's kind of like it's like a background thing that it it uses its own algorithm, algorithms algorithms it takes over on its own kind of whereas if your vinyl is like a it's like an activity that you're participating in. You're physically picking out each song, laying the record down on the groove, like, and then you, and then it makes you more, it's more like if you're with three or four people and you're playing a record, it makes it more like the center of attention, like that song. And then just the, the artwork, the way the artwork is almost like something that you put on your wall versus something that's 10 by 10 pixels in the bottom of your iPhone. Like I think it, makes, it puts art at the forefront as well.
0: It's, I mean, I do this video and audio, so those who are listening aren't going to see this, but it's the yeah. same thing. I pulled this record out because I did have it on my player and I put it on my thing. But my actual yeah. record that normally gets displayed there is um, it's a Run the Jewels record. Oh, yeah, nice. But it's Run the Jewels and it's their Marvel because they did a collaboration with Marvel, and Marvel's something that I like, live for. Yeah. And so I wouldn't display a CD like that. Right. You know what I mean? Or print something like print the MP3 file picture and put it on the wall but with vinyl it's pretty cool and then you pull that record out and it's like I'm, every time i buy a vinyl and i don't know what the actual vinyl is going to look like i'm always like you know cutting this sil- cellophane and pulling it off and i'm like yeah. pulling the record out i'm like oh just a black vinyl record yeah we're <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Or, oh look at this badass record and it's like you want to put it on you want to have it the glass top to your turntable so that you can actually see you know what the vinyl looks like when it's spinning and all that stuff it's it's mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we try and do a lot of cool, like vinyl, like colored vinyls and splatters and all that. I think just
0: this like, one's a teal one, right? Like, it's yeah, like yeah, a yeah, translucent that, teal.
1: Yeah, that green. Yeah, Coke bottle green. That.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Um, but so, how many do you records do you have now?
1: Like, um, of my own, I I think we're up to almost like eight, fifteen, sixteen. Maybe like eighteen including because uh, 'cause we'll re repress them too. Like we're about to repress down to earth for the third time. So I think including represses, we've done like eighteen records.
0: That's awesome.
1: That's I- yeah. I can remember uh when I was like probably twenty, twenty-one, I had put out put out together like one little album uh of like five or six songs, and my girlfriend, who's now my wife at the time, got it. Pressed on like well, single vinyl record, like you can pay like a hundred yeah. bucks and they'll make like one for you, and she gave that to me as a birthday present, and I was like, Oh my God, this is like the coolest thing in the world that my music is on a record, and like I was just obsessed with that. I thought it was the greatest present ever, and now like it I've done it twenty times. It's,
0: thing, but... <laughs> it's funny how you say that my uh my wife now, who was my girl at the time, also did that. she asked me randomly what my favorite songs were and i was giving her songs oh, that's cool as fuck and, and so now i have like my own mixtape uh, um, uh on vinyl oh yeah. that's awesome so cool it was guy. really cool in that aspect of it. she did it on clear. it was pretty cool so it's like it is it's not uh feasible to do that all the time because that it is a hundred dollars basically each yeah. time and it's like that's expensive vinyl but like and it only yeah. i think they only could give me like 10 songs or something like that like somebody's i mean i have dual vinyl you know things that are 20 30 songs but um but yeah it's kind of funny that um you say that because my wife my wife now girlfriend at the time also did the same thing but with music that i like because i don't produce music
1: yeah (laughs) no that's super cool though a a wax mixtape i like that
0: but it's it's awesome because it's like and she did one side because i'm more into heavier music um but i'm also like it's like heavy music and then then hip-hop so she did like one side of the vinyl, which was like my heavier music. And then the other side of the vinyl was more like hip hop and songs that are a little bit easier listening to. I think she did it on purpose so that I could play the side that was a hip hop and easier listening music when she was when around. She, when, when she, she was, was around, <laughs> around yeah. <laughs> so so if I get out early from work, I could put the hard side on and then listen to that. But by the time she gets home, I could flip it over and it's the easiest. <laughs>
1: yeah, smart girl.
0: <laughs> but uh, so, you know. In the world that you're in, um, you do a lot of collaborations, if you think about it, because of Don't Sleep Records, you have multiple artists on there, yeah. and you're obviously, it's like a quasi-collaboration, because you're sampling music, so there's music from people who have made their music years ago, that you're yeah. actually using on your beats, and so it's yeah. kind of cool that you're living in the world of collaborations. Um, I obviously work for an Bruin company, but how did this come about, Do you know? Like, how did this start? How did we make this um, um, It was... Uh, do you know Matt Beamer? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so that was a kid. So he's uh, he was a buddy of mine who I went to UMaine with, who knew who was good friends with Abe. And so yep. I think he showed Abe my music one time, and uh, and he really liked it. I think Abe DM'd me, and then we kind of got talking, and then I don't know. I think he I think he just DM'd me one day and asked what I thought about doing a collaborative beer or something like that. And I've always wanted to get into doing like beer can designs and stuff. So uh, I was like jumping at the opportunity to do one.
0: That's awesome. Because uh, obviously I do uh, a lot of the work for OBC's design. Yeah. And so yeah. it's always one of those things that like when I get an opportunity, when someone wants to design a can that's not into design, like if you don't know what you're doing. Oh, like I've it's had, the worst. <laughs> I have had people who we did a can a years ago, and I won't mention anything else other than that, that they gave me some information or gave me a sample of what they would want to do. And I saw it, and I was like, "Yeah, we could run with that, and I can make my own version of that because that's that's not we're not putting that on a can." (laughs) But then when I saw this come in, I was like, "Oh God!" So then I was able to like make sure the hop was in the right, exact right spot, and add the the word boxes on the sides. So I considered it as a quasi collaboration with with you. Um, But then when we were able to switch the color and do the the second one and do the black background. Uh, I couldn't figure out which one was my favorite. <laughs> like, Yeah, no, I, I like the- them. I, I don't know. I like the
1: black, but it might just be because it's newer, but yeah. No, and they no, both are
0: appreci- tasting delicious.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they're both so good, yeah. But no, I do appreciate that uh, that you let me do a, a, the can design because I know, I mean, I imagine you're probably a perfectionist at that stuff as I am with my designs, and I like to, I don't let other people do my album covers, so but it's like it's like you said if it was if someone came to me who was an artist who had skills that I respected that I'd be like okay cool but yeah a lot of times it's people who are a little bit in over their heads trying to do their own uh, logos or their own uh, packaging designs and stuff and it's like oh you got to outsource that bro
0: I mean and there's I, and again I'm not gonna uh, pick out specific breweries I and mean, we all know this in the brewing industry there are also breweries who themselves don't know what they're doing either oh for sure I, I won't I won't yeah, sure name is. any names either but <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely people the who haven't done that. But then I have a good friend of mine, Ben Bishop, who also is in from Portland. Ben Bishop uh, is a comic book artist. He draws for TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and other things as well. He has his own comic books. But he does the artwork for Mason's Cans. And so it's like Mason's Brewing Company, sister, like the brewing that's over the river from us, basically. Um, they have badass cans and sweet cans. And it's like, I'd love to eventually do something this. with him. He, he hand draws them. uh hard to see because of the lighting in here but i have like oh yes yeah. so like, it looks almost like comic book art right on the can. yes yes and he does all of their cans um but that one actually specifically where he's not even have that one is because that one specifically after his he made his own first comic book on uh kickstarter and that actually is the comic book can version so it's like he did a beer called aggregate which is the name okay. of his comic book cool. um but one of the things i thought about was like that's cool to do that, but it'd be cool to do the opposite side of that, which is to do a record sometime that's based around like your thoughts and your samples on the beer, like what the beer gives you for thoughts. Yeah, and then yeah. we do an Orno Brewing Company slash Phonics collab record, which would be pretty badass. Yeah, that could be cool. That could definitely like, be cool. Something to drink to, or something like that. That could be the subtitle. Yeah, music to drink to. Yeah, drink yeah. To. yeah. Um, yeah
1: no. I- I've thought about that. I have like uh, I'm always writing down like if I hear like a line in a rap song about beer or something like that, like something I could scratch on a turntable. So I've written down a bunch of those. I could do at least a beer song. I don't know about a beer album,
0: but <laughs> yeah we um but we did a uh, we did a um, yeah, you could
1: release a single or something like that, like a single instrumental remix or something. yeah, like on a record on a vinyl record. that'd be cool.
0: And we have this one, which is the, uh, the Citra one, which is one of your, you said the hops that are pretty cool for you. Uh, yeah, which is my favorite hop. Inc- incognito, T90, and Cryo hops in it. And then we like, well, what are we going to do next? So we did the next one with Mosaic, which is also a great hop yeah. um, with the same thing, T90, Incognito, and Cryo. But I was talking to Asa and he's like, there's still an opportunity to do one with another hop. I forget what the hop name was. Yeah, Abe but- told me the other day too, because there's,
1: there's only a couple hops that are yep. available in Cryo, right? Yep. That's what it is.
0: It's like the, to have them all the three different ways. It's only like, there's only like two or three hops that do that. And one of them is really weird that we probably would never want to do. Um, but there was one, it was like Sabro or something along those lines. It has I a cool coconutty cool exactly flavor. Mean. That would be really cool to do. So do another, a third release of this. But the same thing with your music and you repressing and doing things in different color on the vinyl. It'd be cool that, yep. you know, next year we do golden there again, but we do something completely different for a label. And yeah, you bust out something different for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was
1: trying to think of how of how to how to flip the label cuz
0: mentioned to me doing that
1: uh with another with the what would you call it with Saber, S A B R O. Sabro. Sabro. S A
0: B R O. Sabro. Sabro. But we could. I mean, this one I thought about. The only other way to do it is also to do like a gold background with black writing, or gold background with yeah, white that's writing.
1: Yeah, Yeah, you could try like a red background or something. I don't know how. That, that would works.
0: be cool too. But it's just cool because, like I said, we at Orono Brewing Company. Um, obviously, it's aside. My my actual salary position is Orono Brewing Company, which doesn't have anything to do with this. However, I talk about it a lot because it's my life. <laughs> um, yeah. Is. That we do collaborations, but we don't just do it with with breweries. If you look across the country, most people do collaborations with breweries. And yeah. I think one of the cool things that I get a, a chance to do is we've done a bunch of collaborations with different things. And now we have music. We've done it with Low Card Skateboard Magazine in, in California, and we've done it with farming people, and we've done it with uh, yeah, you know, Black is Beautiful. We did it with a you know yeah. for a fundraiser for the ACLU and stuff like that. And and so we've done a lot of cool collaborations that don't actually include another brewery. And I think. That's one of the cool things about our industry is that you can collaborate with something that's not someone actually physically collaborating with the beer. You yeah. told us, I love Citra. So we focused around Citra. You're an artist. You helped with the label. Like that, that's a, that's a true collaboration compared to yeah. what a brewery collaboration is. Honestly.
1: Yeah, no, that, and that, yeah, it came together very easily and everyone was cool and fun to work with. No, that was a good, that was a great collaboration. Because yeah, I mean, let's, uh,
0: a uh, parker one of our assistant brewers um he yeah, i met him yeah but yeah you did actually i see the funny thing is you came to the freaking brewery to help on canning day i was on my honeymoon
1: oh no shit really it's yeah, <laughs> like oh come yeah, on you're one the only people i didn't meet up there yeah
0: and i was like are you kidding me right now and then when they we can the, the second beer i was like oh maybe he'll come up for that one and then i'm like shit's crazy right now no one wants to actually <laughs> no. go do anything and yeah. and so uh but um he was talking about how when we first when he got first hired at Warner Brewing Company, he used to work at Sea Dog. And Sea Dog didn't do collaborations. He was just basically brewing the beer, turning it out, getting it out of the building. Um, We went down and did a collaboration with Mass Landing down in Westbrook. And he was like, this is what a collaboration is. And it's basically just like the other, the visiting brewery walking around drinking beer, watching the beer get brewed by the brewing company that is hosting the collaboration. There is talk ahead of time about what hops to use and things like that. But it's like, and then the host brewery usually designs the label, so we did one was called of the Hard Way," which was with Mass Landing, and that was yeah. based on the Beastie Boys record. And he drew uh, Parker, their their designer drew the whole label that was pretty badass on that. And but Parker was our Parker was like, um, this sort of collaboration is. I'm like, yeah, we just drink beer all day, talk to people so they made out. the
1: beer and they did the and they Playful. did the logo and you guys just went over and hung out well yeah. yeah.
0: and that's what most collaborations is are when when they come up i've, to I've, the, I've always wondered that
1: when two breweries because I, I see that all the time two breweries collaborating on a beer and, and I've, I've always
0: wondered what
1: it, that entails exactly
0: and, like, ahead of time they'll talk about what hops to use or whatever but the brewing company that's brewing the beer is responsible for all the ingredients and all that stuff that's basically just helping each other and usually it's reciprocal so like. Mass Lane then came up and brewed a beer with us. And then I did the label for that beer. And, you know, we did it. We, we checked with them and talked to them mm-hmm. about things. But it's mainly the brewing company that's hosting the beer and releasing the beer is the one that's doing most of the work. And then they reciprocate later on. They do the same thing for the other brewery. But the coolest yeah. collaborations I've ever done are the ones that are with non-breweries. And you collaborate on artwork or collaborate on, you know, color design or, or taste of beer or flavor of beer or whatever. It's just way cooler because it's like, you're coming. We well, you just did one last week with um, Spencer's Ice Cream, which is in the town next to us, um, yeah. uh, Bradley. And the dude just turned 21 today. He owns the business, and he came oh, over, and, and so he was I've, able. To they've do been clean.
1: around for a while, though, haven't they? he, they, he just he bought or it he when he was eight, over?
0: 18 years old. He bought it from his family somewhere, and oh, he shit. took it over, and so he was able to come over. But he was like excited for the beer, like to do the thing, like when you came up, you were excited yeah, to can the beer for sure a brewery coming and visiting is like they're not super excited about it because it's like right right it's It's, fun Business as usual kind of yeah exactly and that's why most of the day we just drink beer and hang out because it's like this is an opportunity to be away from our brewery and hang out with you at your brewery and do this you got to experience what a canning day looked like which is pretty cool uh yeah only see the brewing day um but yeah it's a really cool i think fun um thing to have is to have like your name on a beer can too which is pretty badass so yeah there's not a
1: lot of like hip-hop beer collab run the jewels has actually done a couple of them you mentioned them earlier they've done a couple beers
0: uh have you ever had one i have not had one and i really want to i i made (laughs) we did a beer called in a bottle called jewel runner um not with them yeah but because i wanted to get their attention and killer mike liked the photo that we posted which was pretty cool for Uh, us like for me personally as a a fan of run the jewels yeah um but i would love to at some point do something with them because they are as hip-hop goes they're my favorite hip-hop artists right now is run the jewels and um and how vocal they are in the community and how vocal they are as people and as as quality people they are yeah um, they're just just a great
1: they're just a great model, I think, for anyone. Oh,
0: my video's out. Hold on. You good? You're good. You can you keep talking. I don't. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say they're
1: just a great model, I think, for like just like independent hustle. Like they like they're so good at like just marketing and all that. And they're in, they're independent, right? They're not signed yep. to any major label.
0: They're like. independent, and they also not afraid to speak their mind. That's right. my other part about it. It's like there's there when you we talk. and I think there was a mention on uh, the underground, um, under us or underdogs dogs, uh, documentary about being independent lets you do what you want. There's no one else influencing what you're doing. So like, right. you know, phonics as an independent artist, you know, you have don't sleep records, but it's your own record label yeah. that yeah. you can do what you want. You can say what you want and you can do what you want. There's no one influencing what you're right. doing. Right. It's phonics or Ian as a person, not yeah. just what someone else is telling you to do. And that's something that the guys from run the drools have been able to do is, you know, killer Mike will say what he wants and, and, and gets political if he wants, or doesn't get political. Yeah. If he doesn't want, because there's no one from Sony or, you know, some of the bigger artists or labels telling him what he can and cannot say, which right. is pretty cool. And, right. And there's no one saying, Oh, we don't need another political song. We need like a dance
1: club record. Like they can just make whatever, as many political songs or say whatever
0: the fuck they want on a record. Exactly. Um, so speak, speaking of, uh, obviously, we're not going to get political on this because I don't like to get political on anything. But what's, um, not speaking on that, but what's, what's next for Phonics? What's the, what's the hope for the next, you know, what's hope for 2021? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm
1: hoping that we get some kind of vaccine or something. I'm hoping COVID ends because uh, we really wanted to, like, parlay. Like, the documentary dropped in last December. And it was like, okay, we're going to do like a huge world tour off this documentary. And then it's like the rug got kind of pulled Mm -hmm. out from under us. So (laughs) hopefully uh, we had a two-year deal with Netflix. So it'll be on until next December, I assume. But I don't know. Maybe they pull shit early sometimes. But uh, hopefully COVID ends and we can do a big tour. And then beyond that, we're just putting out uh, new records. I'm finishing up my new album with A1 right now uh that's going to release like right at the beginning of 2021 that's basically what i'm working on like day to day right now
0: do you do most of the beats for him in, in general or is it just collaboration albums that you do the beats with him uh
1: yeah i mean he, he'll he'll do other he'll do other stuff with other producers but probably 90 percent of uh I, we do a lot of most of our stuff is together yeah that's pretty cool yeah
0: um you may not know all those either, but I was thinking about it. You sp- spoke on the uh, documentary, docuseries. Uh, Tao, is that his name, Tao? Yeah, yeah. He Teo. created that on his own and then tried to, then pitched it to other places, right? Is that how, That's how that works, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so he brought it to a uh, a distribution company called Trace TV, uh, who is based out of – they have offices in France, but then they're also like – Trace Urban is kind of like – they're like MTV and like Africa and France and that and Europe and stuff. So they uh, they they ended up selling a package of six of their films to Netflix. And I think they were all on two-year deals and we ha- happened to be one of those films. So that was how the connection between Tao and us and Netflix was made.
0: That's pretty cool. I mean, so I mean it's a great to be to be i mean even if it gets pulled at one point to be someone who was on netflix which is pretty badass to be that and yeah. from maine like again, I I, I I always bring that maine back into it because i always feel like people in the united states of america always kind of forget about maine because it's like i visited florida oh, before people sure. were like where's maine is that part of oh, canada people
1: don't even know it. some people don't even know it exists
0: oh, <laughs> and so it's like it's cool to see that like it's 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 i mean obviously you don't mentioned there's not a lot mentioned about maine in there but there's mentioned that you were in it and you were yeah. you wrote when you filmed that you were down in new york city mostly right yeah yeah and i don't
1: i mean uh, like obviously I, I mean i represent maine but i didn't like come up in like the Maine local hip-hop scene or anything like that so it, it, like I, in some ways i don't consider myself like i mean i am a maine artist because i'm based out of maine i live here every day i buy my records at enterprise records in portland and all that but i wasn't like i haven't done the shows here i haven't worked with like local rappers or anything so in some ways i'm not a local artist as well
0: and and i understand that it's the same thing i lived zero age zero to ten in kittery and then 10 to 20 and in, and in, in bangor uh area and then 20 to 30 in massachusetts uh, okay, so like yeah. my most like adult years of where like i could make my own personal decisions and do all those things i was in massachusetts but I yeah. still consider myself a Mainer. I moved back here when I was 30. So the past you know, four years, I've lived in in, in Bangor or Bangor area. Um, uh, so I wouldn't consider myself like born and raised in Maine. Because I like, guess I was raised somewhat in Maine. But it's like the the 10 years in Massachusetts kind of throws things off. I'm born and raised in New England, uh, but not like Maine per, per se. But now I feel like Maine is the cool thing about like what you were saying with the, we talked about for the internet earlier, how it's somewhat Uh, watered down but in the same thing you can do what you want and what you're doing in Maine because of the internet in the same sense like
1: yeah yeah I mean a lot of people uh, have asked me over the years like about moving to uh, LA or New York or anything like that and like I honestly don't even I mean I'm sure there would be some advantages but uh, in general I think I would just be doing the same shit and paying more in rent and like I I don't think it would be, I don't think it would have changed a lot.
0: If anything, there's more more
1: distractions there.
0: And with what you're doing, if you're going to go on tour with the people from don't sleep, if you're going to go to, you know, all over this country or over to Europe, you can be based out of wherever you want. It's not, if if you're not trying to go out, I mean, if you were a comedian, and you're like, OK, it, comedians in Maine, I, almost impossible to do because you're not going to get the exposure that you need to become a comedian. Right. You need you
1: need to be you need to have a place like the comedy cellar or the comedy store or, or a big club where you can go do spots every night. I agree for something like that. You you can't do that just on SoundCloud or the no. internet. like you have to uh, you have to actually have like your boots to the sidewalk to make that happen.
0: And so that's like, it's just cool about Maine and how like my, my buddy, Kevin Billingsley, uh, who works over at halo studios, uh, yeah. same, same thing. He could be, you know, he could be a producer of records in, you know, New York city, but what's the real of the point. He can be in Maine and still do the producing of records from a distance. He can have people come up and visit him and be in Portland and mean, Portland's not that far away from other places, right. which is pretty cool. So it's like, there are certain industries that you can do from a distance and you know, Being a hip hop producer, you probably could do that from basically anywhere. You can go live out in Alaska if you wanted to and do what you're doing now.
1: Yeah, I know a lot. A lot of my favorite producers are from like uh, Sweden and Norway and Germany. Like, then they work with artists all over the world. So.
0: Speaking of Sweden, quickly, I I don't want to take too much of your time up. But speaking of Sweden, and then also, think, did you watch? Do you watch any like Star Wars stuff? Did you watch any of the Mandalorian and stuff like that? Are you? In I two- haven't
1: seen season two, but I yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, I probably watched the original trilogy ten thousand times.
0: Does that music get you like hyped up at all and stuff like that? I mean, I, oh, I, I love re- that music. And the reason why I'm asking is because uh, one of the coolest things I think about this new Mandalorian season, or not the season, but the series, even last season, was the guy who did the music. Um, the guy who did the music for the – like, that songs, and those things are stuck in my head for days yeah. after those – like, the different sounds and the and, and the producing of those music um, to the point where we – I mean, I'm all, I mean, we we're – four years apart we're not that much different yeah. that we obviously didn't grow up with it because it was those movies the original trilogy and stuff that were released before we were born yeah 70s, but, yeah. but those music i mean when you hear a star wars song from a distance you can hear, you know what that is and For i feel sure. like what he what this guy has been able to do and i forget his name but he's from i believe he's from sweden um is he's been able to create music that's also recognizable to the point where i'm like it reminds me of star wars but yeah. also makes me think of yeah that, that's like
1: that's interesting i'm sure from a music theory perspective there's certain like uh i don't know certain keys and certain scales and stuff that will that are like what john williams used uh in the original movie so he can but yeah that is cool that he can compose stuff that is different but still has that same vibe that you associate with
0: uh, ludwig goranson really okay like I just want to make sure I had the name out there. He also did music on Creed, the the boxing movie, and Black Panther, which I didn't know about Black Panther. Um, but he did the he does the uh, iconic score from the Mandalorian. It's just one of those things. My wife is the same thing. She like we'll get into bed and lay down, and she goes, "You know what's stuck in my head?" I go, "What?" She goes, "The Mandalorian soundtrack." <laughs> like it's just like in the head. It's ingrained, and so it's pretty cool. Uh, You said he had worked with Creed for a second. I was like, oh,
1: Lord.
0: No, not the the boxing movie. Not with arms wide open, (laughs) which is funny. It brings it back full circle. Uh, At my uh, talent show uh, in 2004 at my high school, my brother and I played in a band we covered with arms wide open. (laughs) Oh, shit. Nice. (laughs) Nice little pullback there. You didn't even know about that. Um, But it's, again, the recognizable. You You guys lost, I assume? Oh, yeah, of course we did. <laughs> First of all, I think the singer of our band at the time um, didn't want to be up there. And I believe, if I historically can remember this correctly, he was pretty wasted when we got up on the... And, oh, and did nice. not say, Yeah, so it didn't work out that well. And as of this day, I don't own a drum set. I don't play the drums anymore. So it, yeah. it didn't turn out for our benefit, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's just kind of funny how that, like, turns and, and wraps around into the whole circle here. But That's no, um, funny. Uh, But yeah, so what, I mean, just quickly before we close up here, what have you, have you been just been working on your record and stuff like that? I mean, what's been COVID like personally for you?
1: Uh, Yeah. I wake up every day. I try and make at least one new, uh, just one beat a day. And then uh, I try and buy at least like 50 new records a month. And then I'm just doing like, I, I ship records every day. And then I'll be mixing and mastering stuff or doing artwork or, uh, just email answering emails, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, no complaints here. Honestly, my day to day hasn't changed at all from COVID except like, I don't know, maybe I would like go out to lunch and now I get takeout or some shit, but <laughs> besides that, it's it's pretty much the same.
0: What's the go-to takeout?
1: Oh, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't really have a go-to. I'm just like, right. I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm a, I'm, I'll pop all around. Like whatever um, new spot. I mean, it seems like there's a new not as much lately, but it usually seems like there's a new restaurant that opens every other week in Portland. So I'll usually just go check out like whatever's new or
0: it's it's pretty crazy. A lot <laughs> I've been, I've been, uh, looking online, different things. Like, uh, it's funny how some businesses have basically utterly collapsed and there's other businesses that have like actually expanded and opened. Uh, we, I mean, over in our brewing company, not to tout you know, pat ourselves on their shoulder, we just bought property to expand yeah, eventually. Congrats. Uh, thank you. And then, so there's other, but there's other places like, uh, Finback brewing company out of New York bought a farm and there's like other breweries that like, there's definitely breweries in other industries where people have expanded and done really great during this COVID you know, pandemic. And yeah. then other, obviously other ones that have utterly failed. And it's just interesting to see that there's growing and there's failing and there's not really yeah. much of people in between. It's not much of
1: like, Yeah. Someone was telling me that like, like four street, which is like the fine dining restaurant in Portland, that they're, they're we're, their sales are up like 150% during COVID or something like that, which I'm like, that's shocking. Cause to me, I would think fine dining would be like, no, you're not getting takeout like, no. fancy food, but I think, I don't know. they kind of built a nice outdoor area and so some restaurants have really figured out how to survive and then
0: well I I guess if you think about it in a sense that if we're both like my wife and I if we're only going to go out say say maybe we used to go out two nights a week but we're only going to go out one night every two weeks now maybe we pick the one and pull all of our resources and funds into that one place and go to a fine dining place instead of going to you know a pub or something like that so there's there's a a possibility in that aspect yeah and we've, yeah. we've basically now, I mean, since this, I mean, there's 204 cases supposedly yesterday uh, yes, in Maine. Yeah. So, and so right now we're uh, basically staying in for the foreseeable future. We'll get some to go orders. We'll support our local community. But like right now it's just not the pl- time to go out and do things. So yeah, I'll I'd listen have- to this. I'll put the phonics record on, and eat some Chinese food. How about that? That's what's up. <laughs> But um so is there anything specifically you want to promote at all? Like I mean I know, you know, watch the underdogs on Netflix, yeah. get some views up on that. Um yeah. what's your website? Uh website is dontsleeprecords.com
1: for uh all the vinyl and stuff and then uh phonixbeats.com there's some other remixes and stuff like that. Uh but yeah, watch underdogs and uh look out for I got a new album coming out probably in January.
0: There you go. Right there. Um, so I really appreciate it. Uh, phonics. I really appreciate you coming on and talking to me. We, uh, I was really excited about this one. Cause I, I actually didn't get to meet you in person when you were at the brewery. Oh, my freaking video. I got to check this video camera out. I got a new camera out and I feel like every 30 minutes or so at 15 minutes or so it, it yeah. Out, that a, does I have a capture card. I, I don't, it, there's something I, I didn't use to do this, but I also bought it for like a hundred bucks or something like that. So oh, we're yeah. not, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, so I'm really glad you came on. I'm glad you were able to talk to me about uh, what Phonics does and who Phonics is because I, I didn't get to meet you in person, which is pretty uh, ununique unique because I'm usually there all the time. So, like, to be not to meet someone who comes to the brewery is very unnormal yeah. un- 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 uh, for me. Um, we do have this beer. Um, a little props to my company um, Golden Era, the Mosaic Edition, the black and gold can, is available uh, at our brewery. We sent it out back in, uh, well, the middle of, october so it's most likely sold out hopefully it's sold out at all the other stores around portland yeah. um, but hopefully we'll be able to do a sabro edition here coming up here pretty, pretty soon so we'll be able to release a new beer out coming out you know and i saved this can for this podcast man. i had one can left Nice uh, the yeah. citra version I a, I a uh, yeah left,
1: i only drink them on special occasions
0: and so like yeah so that i got the uh did you get you got some of this one right
1: yeah, yeah. I got uh okay. yeah, I got two cases of that from Pat too. Okay, good. Yeah, I Pat. have a good uh uh yeah, Pat's a man. It's Pat's um, a man.
0: Uh yeah. Yeah, go get awesome. the
1: golden there as well.
0: But yeah, so yeah, uh listen to it. Uh, this is personally my favorite you've done so far, honestly. The and the the, the, the down to earth. Um, so i recommend getting that if it's available still i don't know if it is but yeah
1: that's coming out uh i'm actually about to listen to the test pressing right now and then once i approve that uh it should be like a month and then we'll have a bunch more of those records.
0: um but yeah so phonic and you can find them on facebook instagram all the places you can get social media as well at at Um,
1: phonics beats on phonics beats on all uh social media
0: so that's awesome i really appreciate it man uh, enjoy the rest of your day enjoy the rest of your time hopefully i'll get to meet you in person sometime soon um sure. enjoy life
1: Absolute, man